given that I do this podcast, uh, I think about all the questions that I ask other people. I'm thinking about it all the time. Um, actually, every hundred episodes, I have myself be interviewed, uh, so that you know it it takes about two years to do a hundred episodes because yeah. there's fifty two weeks in a year. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, the it's interesting to go back because I mean I'm about to hit three hundred. It's interesting to congrats on that, bro. For <laughs> real, for real. That's a, that's a feat. Uh, to to find kind of where I've gone since then. And so, yeah, the, I think one of the hardest things, uh, probably for any human being, but I, I think even just myself is that like, I just want to make sure that I was understood <laughs> and that people know that I cared. <laughs> yeah, that's like, sure. that's like my biggest priorities in life. It's just like, um, so I oh, cared man, about like your craft or like that. I care in about everything. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually forgot to end the last one with this, but like, uh, I always end it with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails. It's going to be okay. I might be wrong. And, mm. and though that like, trifecta of things are always kind of like pushing on each other and um but like i haven't been able to i mean i've been doing this podcast for almost six years now and i've had those three things like since even before then and i'm still like finding ways to like disprove one or the other you know but it's like a perfect triangle effect like it it keeps you like when the like it's like kind of like a a philosophy of yours yeah yeah exactly okay and so yeah if and and by sort of like repeating them to myself all the time, yeah. it's like, all right, how am I, you know, putting love into this decision? How am I putting uh, acceptance into this decision? How am I, you know, keeping myself humble in this decision? And Absolutely. and all Absolutely. all of these things they they shape uh, me, and you know, hopefully that philosophy expands to anyone else who listens to this. But like, yeah. Uh, love is my biggest priority. Uh, and like, to me, love is the meaning of life. I can't, I can't tell you that I know what the meaning of life is, but love for is me, the epicenter. <laughs> yeah, love is the meaning of life. And that's not to say that like love is like, you know, always just like uh, being soft and caring and blah, blah, blah. Like, no, sometimes you have to love someone by like telling them what's up yeah. and sometimes it's going to hurt. Yeah. But like, you know, you're loving them by showing them like, Hey, this is something that you're doing that might be hurting others is something that you're doing. That's hurting me. And so like, you know, love not being a yes man. Like you're you're looking out for your person. Yeah. Yeah. Love isn't all hugs and kisses. Love also means like making sure that you're helping the people that you care about grow and become the better parts of themselves. I got you. Um, now, you mind if I ask? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, off of that, man, like, so whenever you say love, love can be, you know, everybody has their own interpretation. Sure, sure. So by the time you leave, like, is love, like, will it translate to how many people have you been able to inspire? Like, is that encompassing your love? Is that a different, where would you place that in that yeah. sense? Or how many people's lives have you changed or moved? Or Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that it's more about have I inspired them to improve the world around them as well okay right i got you so yeah yeah, like it's one thing to 
yourself just do something good for someone else it's like oh i'm having a bad day like hey like i'm here for you you know that's that's one person but it's another thing to put something out there and lots of people can look at that and then each individual themselves that listens to that or or watches that then goes like oh how can i take this thing that i now learned and put that out into the world. And so we're exponentially improving the world. By, Inception. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Inception, right? Yeah. There, man. By putting more good into the world and showing other people that like how to do good things, how to improve each other, how to improve themselves, you know, that is, you know, sure. It, it is a form of love that I'm putting out there so that, you know, I'm, I'm putting myself in, in, to other people, but also that like, you know, I, I ask those questions yeah. because not so much because I expect anyone to have answers because yeah. not everyone does have the answers yeah. and, and you don't have to listen to anything anyone says anyway. So like, yeah. uh, but like after, I mean, this right now is episode 293. Nice. Uh, <laughs> Very nice, So after, bro you know, let's say cut that in half for like the number of people that I've yes, had on, yes. um, that many people I've had on, I've gotten that many different perspectives. I'm sort of in the same way of like, you know, you mentioned like evolution and, yes. and that's sort of the, yes. my third thing, I might be wrong. That's what that is, uh, hinging on. It is that like, uh, the more perspectives I get, the more I can sort of chip away at like, the wrongness <laughs> but like that shows though they said that's like a true sign of genius though is like the more that you learn the more you realize you don't know anything yeah, yeah. like it's because there's something that are absolute facts under absolute truths in the universe and perceived truths is what mm-hmm. i call them you know uh we can look at the same picture and see two different things doesn't mean i'm right doesn't mean you're right doesn't mean i'm wrong doesn't mean you're wrong mm-hmm. um but it's definitely the perception that comes out on it but that that's absolutely interesting man like um because i even like i definitely have a you know a philosophical mindset in life like and one thing that i was just you know uh questioning the other day was is philosophy answering life's questions or is philosophy asking questions that make you question life like because like you know there are people out there that are like okay this person said this well let me look for the truth in this there may not there's, there's a perceived truth there was their perceived truth but what they did was question your reality to the point where you started asking more questions based off of that Mm -hmm. so in that way like influencing people and you know and i feel like anytime you come from a place of like genuine love and like hey Mm -hmm. a a helpful place like hey i'm not trying to get anything out of this if you if you're meant to like if i believe one of those if i was meant to meet you in life there's a reason i was supposed to meet you like if i wasn't supposed to meet you we would never meet you know um and it's one of those that um you never know who you are touching you never know who's watching you never know um that you're what you've said you know you just like they listened to one of your podcasts and like they could have been going through a rough spot and you know they were just struggling with something you never know who you can be helping to help on their path so yeah absolutely bro it's all about putting the the, the best and you know lovingest you know intentions out there for people because the world can definitely use more of it yeah yeah well, something you said about like you know is philosophy answering questions or is it just you know leading you to ask more questions even the word philosophy is philo so uh philo means love of thinking or questioning this is future me chiming in to say it means love of wisdom not necessarily knowledge
Mm. And so like <laughs> that, that's the, perfect. <laughs> yeah. And so philosophy is uh, notice that it doesn't have a like a study of, you know, a lot of uh, yes, fields yes, have yes, like yes, yes. study of this Biology, philosophy. Blah, 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 yeah, yeah. Yeah. That OG yes. has like study of this philosophy isn't a study of it is a love of thinking. <laughs> That's dope. And so, hmm. uh, Even I that feel it's own way of thinking. Just sure, thinking about sure. that, man, that's a whole rabbit hole. <laughs> but like, yes, there are some answers to things in philosophy, uh, but it's more so just like ways by which you can think. And so the, yeah, like you can look at different, philosophical approaches to the same issues right and so it's like oh what would thomas aquinas say about this versus what would socrates say about this versus like you know and everyone has their own philosophical perspective and and that's one reason why i mean i i didn't major in philosophy or anything like i oh i I, didn't know like philosophy became a love later in life when i started just questioning more like huh like it was one of those subjects like oh philosophy what was that like when i was younger like the more i got like this is honestly a very intriguing this is life philosophy is life yeah and so i i'm i'm a philosophy hobbyist i guess you could call it that i like that Uh, and so I'm not the best academic. I can't tell you every philosopher's name or what they said or whatever, but like, you know, I pick up on the ideas and I'm always trying to, you know, find different ways that I can think about things. Absolutely. And it's kind of cool that you say that is that because, you know, um, going back to what we were saying about music and like, you know, you might have a different philosophical way of like looking at something, but you still come up with your own mindset. Going back to, I take inspirations from these people mm-hmm. and we could both sit here and take inspiration from the same exact, you know, artists. Mm-hmm. And we're still going to come up with two different musics because we perceive it differently. So it's co- cool universally how everything is everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Shout yeah. out everything, everything. Right? Shout out to everything, everything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that's something that like, uh, what makes music so powerful yeah. is that everyone can interpret. And that's what something that makes art so powerful, not just music, yeah. but like we can all take something out of it that, you know, makes more sense to us yes. or this one specific thing is what really stuck out to me. And that's why I love this. It thing. can be like a two, three note progression. And like, Oh my gosh, it could have been the most inspired that makes you go down a whole different path of what can be out there. You know, it's, it's crazy where you can truly get inspiration from, bro. Yeah, Man. and and the better we get at music, the better we can communicate these ideas. Uh, I always refer to music as just like a it's a form of communication, Absolutely. right? And so we're we're telling stories or we're telling emotions. Uh, the I forget who said the quote, but it's like uh, words make you think thoughts, music makes you feel feelings, songs make you feel thoughts. Hmm. (laughs) because it has music and words at the same time and so the perfect combination of words and music and using them skillfully uh, it can hit you in such a specific way that it's like man i didn't know that i could feel this like i'm like i don't know what i'm feeling like um because uh no reptiles everything everything is the first song i have legitimately like shed a tear to i'm like I don't know what about this song is invoking these feelings. I'm like, is it's sad, but it, it's something different. Like it's an emotion you can't even necessarily put your finger on, mm-hmm. but something about this is gravitate. And that's incredible. Like that's 
that's every songwriter's dream is to have music that literally just pierces through somebody's, you know, heart and like, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so what you were saying about like, you know, not necessarily good or bad music, but there's, you know, different things in it that might be better made or, and so I I always, I don't believe in talent um, because skill is what we're doing. So yeah, yeah, some people might be like born with, you know, an affinity for something, right? Like you're taller. So you're going to be better adept at, you know, sports, like you may have advantages Mm -hmm. and said niche, but skill is repetition, right? Yeah. And so, and, and at the same time, you know, you can be freaking seven feet tall, but like, if you're clumsy as hell, there's no point in you playing right, basketball. A little five foot seven guy can get drafted and you can't like, yeah. exactly. That doesn't matter. It's yeah. It's the skill that you put behind it. Yeah. And so the, the time that you spend sort of perfecting a skill, making music is also a skill. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, some people might be, you know, more, gifted singers or whatever they're born with a better sound right out the gate but you know anyone can learn how to sing anyone can learn to play an instrument i think anyone can learn anything honestly like if you want to learn it you can learn it it's a do you want to learn it do you want to take the time to do it um but i absolutely like anybody has the capability of learning any skill it just Mm -hmm. takes the hours and the reps yeah and and you might be you know kind of the the talent idea sure you might be more uh in tune with you know learning things better or you might have a harder time with it but like Mm -hmm. if you know how you learn yes and just finding reverse engineer it to anything that you need to do yeah and that's something about like school for example the structure of school is that it's not made so that people can learn (laughs) it's sort of like here's information that you have to know yes. and we're going to apply this knowledge in this specific way yes which is testing and like you know testing yeah. on a page and you do like if you pick the right answer you yeah. are showing us that you've learned this and, I guess. and i've never liked like i was never like a like a straight ac i my, my thing is like i'm very much i was very add as a kid but like okay, I know this. Why do I have to keep showing it? I think it was more of a defiant level, you know, but I really feel like everybody has a genius aptitude in something, mm-hmm. something. And I think that's what your, you know, your calling is, whatever you're supposed to be pursuing your, you know, your best you in life. That's your genius aptitude because that's always been the little calling in the back of your head. You already, you already have an internal, you know, compass on what you want to, in a sense, what you want to do with it. But it's always just, you know, taking that first, it's always the first step. 90% is just showing up. People don't realize 90% is just showing up and starting it. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to have everything, but just know that, hey, you're doing this. I'm more likely going to succeed and accelerate 10 times quicker than someone that's just doing music for, you know, the notoriety or whatever do it. I'm going to not only because it's my calling, but I actually implemented the time and skill into it. I have a genius aptitude, you know, and specific things over here where somebody over here is an engineer that can build a whole software. I'm like, what is this? You know, um, this is Gaelic over here that you're right. I can't read this. Like, what is this script? You know, they've already had that analytical, you know, brain and everything. They just found the specific thing that they can accelerate in. You know, now they're writing scripts for, you know, Fortune, you know, 500 companies and all these different things, um, just doing what they already naturally love to do. So for sure. Yeah. And and. Then the the hard part is, is, you know, are you willing to put in the time and money to <laughs> to make it happen? That's and right, the the hard part as well is that, like, 
you know, the there are systemic issues, obviously. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I am not as good at piano as I like could be. Uh, one reason is that uh, my family did not grow up wealthy enough for me to have piano lessons growing up. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's just a fact. And so I, you know, have to live with that fact and practice piano myself, you know, but like, I also know that it'll take more time and effort or, you know, finding a good teacher and paying for it mm -hmm. to like uh, accelerate that skill. Exactly. If, if I want, if to. you chose to, if that's like, <laughs> I want to be the world's greatest pianist, mm -hmm. then yes, you know, you need to actually sit there and take the time to technically proficiently learn this specific skill. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I, I also don't want to. I, exactly, I don't want to. Like, I'm good. Like, I'm like, I can, you know, decent on guitar. I'm decent. Like, um, uh, but it's nothing that I want to spend that time that I would specifically on my music career into that one instrument. Exactly. It's, uh, I know I have the capability of doing it. I just don't have the want essentially to do it. And that's fine. It, being aware that I don't want to do it is just as well as being aware of something you want to do. Yeah. Not just like, oh, I know I can play guitar and not letting it nod the back of your head. Mm -hmm. You're like, you know, passing. I'm like, cool. It's like, if I have time to pick it up, cool. I'll play every now and again just to keep my skills up. And I can sit there and like, like I said, I play, you know, there might be one or two loops and beats that I've been making, but usually I'm just playing chords and I'm playing every instrument myself, you know, but I'm just playing it on the keys. Um, So um, there just comes to that point like i just don't care about it that and that's fair you know yeah. you got to be that's it's truthful you yeah know? and there's there's different ways around it so i mean like you can look at this thing i'm mm -hmm. motioning to my launchpad pro which is you know a 16 by 16 grid yeah that uh is it 16 uh, eight eight by eight grid sorry uh <laughs> and uh it's is a different way of looking at music you can use this thing the same way that the keyboard is laid out. Really? Um, but it is just a different way of looking at it. And so you could be like the greatest pianist in the world, right? Yeah. But if someone hands you this thing, no, you're no longer <laughs> the greatest pianist in the world. Uh, <laughs> and so, but it's it's a separate skill. And and skills that you have will still translate. Even exactly. if you are the greatest pianist in the world, you might like, you know, play some things on it and be like, oh. I see what this is. Oh, I see where the notes are. I see how this is laid out. So this is kind of like so this. Can, yeah. 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 Going back to, uh, you know, my buddy uh, teaching me how to mix in logic. I can translate it to another, you know, application just because I have the foundation of how to do things and then reverse engineer back up to learn that specifically. But yeah, same thing, man. Just yeah. having the skill to mix, I can translate that over to any application. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's this thing. I don't remember who it was because I don't remember anyone's names, but like <laughs> <laughs> uh, that like. There's this guy who got really good, not just at like a specific skill, but he got good at the skill of mastering things, like not like audio mastering, but like mastering skills. And so you can get good at learning things. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to look into that now, man. You just what? So like he reverse engineered down this to being able to master skill where he applied it to any skill to master. Yeah, and so and so we can all master anything, but we can also all get good at learning and if if you know how you learn things best then you can sort of yeah use that as a catalyst for learning anything that's else that's ingenious bro yeah and so the the thing about you know if you want to for example uh piano again just cuz i'm thinking about it the i i did go to music school i have a master's degree in music composition and the 
I, I had to take piano lessons and I could have taken more piano lessons than was required. Yes. Um, but by the end of like my required piano lessons, I told this to my teacher and, and told it to myself as well is that I'm glad that I took these lessons. I could keep going and just keep getting better at specifically piano. Yeah. But through these lessons, I have learned how I learn piano. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so the the methods that I was using to learn specific pieces on piano, I learned the process that I use to like get good at. So you were able to like reverse engineer your learning process yeah. on how do you become aware of something like that? So no, for like, like, how do you become aware of how you learn? Like, how did you, what's best for you? Because I feel like, you know, things I do really are, you know, there's some things that are conscious, but sometimes it's subconscious. I'm like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z. But there are times that I get stumped, you know, just trying to play something new, play a different chord, X, Y, and Z. How did you, or are you able to even think um, how you were able to figure out how you learn best? Yeah, I mean, some of that is just like, mindfulness uh, that I mean just the literal practice of mindfulness if you want to get that specific with it but like the just actual just mindfulness is as you're in something yes sort of taking a step back and thinking like what am I feeling what am I doing and how am I approaching this it's you know we can easily get lost in the process of doing a thing which which is a a a great thing as well. You know, we don't always have to be zooming out uh, sure. because the flow state is an amazing and yes. healing state to be in. Yes. But also being aware that like, as you are in it, you can sort of like zoom out and like an outer body like, experience, yeah, yeah, like, like watching myself doing What this. am I doing here? What am I using or what am I going to automatically? And it's, um, yeah, as I was learning piano pieces specifically, it was like, all right, I tend to learn the left hand first. That's kind of because I'm left-handed. And so I, it becomes, it comes easier to me. Um, and then I'll learn the right hand, but it's actually better for me if I do learn right from the get-go, both hands together. And so it's like, all right, start doing that. You know, if, if it starts being too difficult that it gets frustrating, then, you know, you can go independently one hand at a time. And so it's like being aware of myself that like, Oh, sometimes even I'm practicing at like, you know, less than half time tempo. And I'm like, this is really frustrating. Why can't I get it? All right. Well, knowing that I get frustrated at it, like I, my frustration is not going to help me get better at this thing. No, so I'm going to, uh, try the pieces that, uh, make me feel better that, okay, cool. I, I am building on something. All right. Now that this little part is a bit better and this little part is a bit better. Let's try it together. And now that I'm a bit less frustrated, I can like, you know, so being aware of oneself. That's the fluidity though. It's going back and forth between that. And it's cool that you actually say that because when I was learning Kung Fu, my uh, Sifu, he taught me everything on my right side. So I'm left, I'm a lefty left side dominant Southpaw. So he, he never taught me any of my forms, any of my, you know, circles, nothing like that on my left side. He only trained me on my right hand side. And he said, because uh, just because you're already using your non-dominant side, your dominant side is 
already going to know how to do it. So um, even when I'm training my girl, um, I train her on her left side first because she's right handed. So uh, mm-hmm. but it comes to a point where like even like when I'm playing keys and I realized it, um, I'll start playing with my right hand first. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm more proficient with my right hand because like my left, like, oh, my God. OK, I feel like I should be able to use my left hand better. Mm-hmm. But yada, yada, yada. Um, but it always goes back. It's funny that you say that. I never really made that realization that I'm using my right hand side first because I'm so used to using my non-dominant. I can get fluid in that. Then I can bring in my left hand mm-hmm. and start playing different chords. But I always have to start with my my right hand first mm-hmm. um, or I can't figure it out. That's crazy, man. <laughs> yeah. And and so, yeah, the this is something I've been talking to my brother about a whole lot. But uh, so thinking of schools of philosophy yeah. and ways of analysis is uh, metamodernism is a newer way of, I guess, critical thinking. We had traditionalism, then mm-hmm. modernism, then postmodernism, no. and now <laughs> metamodernism is crazy. So <laughs> everything has generation, right? Uh, right, yeah, and, and it is kind of generational. That's really cool. Uh, in that traditionalism, you mm-hmm. you know, hey, this is what we all understand. We're just going to follow that, and that is what works. Mm-hmm. And there's no need to question the system because it, it is working for the people that it needs to work for. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, modernism is like, hey, we have technology and things, things are changing. And, you know, some of these structures, regardless of whether or not we want them to change, we're noticing that because things are updating, we sort of have to move towards these things. And that's kind of what modernism did is that like, yeah, we have these traditions, but they're going to have to change because it's forcing you to. Yeah. You don't have a choice at this point uh, in this. Because sense. now we have technology, now yeah. industrialism, we have yeah. all these things. Postmodernism was sort of like, hey, look at the way that things are and are changing and stuff. And it's not working for everyone. Postmodernism yeah. is really yeah. critical about just being like, this Hashtag isn't working. I don't. That's, everything kind of came out on that. that, that yeah, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I don't like this. Why isn't this working? And this is why it's not working. And so it's a lot of pointing out all of the flaws in the system. So exposing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Metamodernism is uh, basically acknowledging the bigger systemic things and finding meta analyses by which we can find solutions. This is a really difficult way of explaining it. (laughs) (laughs) I'll follow it. I'm tracking it. In that it acknowledges itself. Postmodernism is sort of like from within the system, finding ways to critique the system. Metamodernism is sort of zooming out from the system and analyzing the system as a whole. (laughs) and what that does is that rather than just existing within a system and critiquing it metamodernism goes what is the system how does it work rather than just being like these things don't work like this sucks whatever yeah and toss it out instead what is the system and what is happening here and so there's all this broad train of thought to go back to like when you are you know working on something and it's frustrating or something and instead of just going like this sucks you can you can 
point out what sucks in the thing. Yeah. But then if you zoom out even more, you go, why does this suck? What about this thing is making it suck? So it's kind of like conversion and diversion thinking, though. Um, so I've really been, uh, honestly, with my songwriting abilities, um, I've been like, I really want to get, I'm tired of essentially writing about myself. I just want to tell stories at this mm -hmm. point. I just want to tell stories from a different perspective. So convergent thought is we're making, we're, we, we, we've come up with the idea. We've made a, you know, we made a decision on something and we're doing this idea. Mm -hmm. um, divergent thinking is the, the, the process of actually brainstorming. So what we tend to do, like the childhood wonderment of creativity. Mm -hmm. And as we, you know, life goes through, like we lose that, like, okay, we come up, we're usually, you know, convergent and divergently thinking at the same time where the first thought that comes to our mind, that's the decision that we made, but we didn't give ourselves time to sit here and actually come up with. So like one question, the song that I'm working on right now, um, it's uh, pretty much, uh, I'm talking about Ju uh, Julius Caesar mm -hmm. and, you know, uh, on one side of the token, you know, uh, I doing, you know, convergent and divergent thinking one side of the token, you know, talks about like, yeah, this man, he's a great conqueror, blah, blah, blah. People loved him. People adored him. But at the same time, he was a foolish man because he didn't see what was going on behind his back. Mm -hmm. He was so into his, you know, uh, his uh his own you know ego and his own spotlight mm -hmm. that he was blinded to people plotting behind him so yeah he was this awesome conqueror you know out of all roman you know um you know um shoot emperors excuse me roman emperors he's the most well-known one at the same time look at the ways that he died but people don't typically go past oh he died because you know he was you know stabbed you know um uh, he, he was stabbed and he was murdered you know in, in, in the courts um but i'm like okay so was there anything foreshadowing you know him being killed did they kill him out of envy did they kill him because they foresaw something that would have happened the, what were the reasons behind it but you know most people are quick to come up with an idea and then choose that decision without even giving themselves you could have had 20 30 40 more ideas mm -hmm. that could have you know evolved from that so with um divergent thinking is the biggest thing is delaying any prejudice delaying any um any response or any you know any feelings towards an idea every single idea good or bad you know mm -hmm. every single idea gets the same opportunity so just write it down and keep going just even some oh my god this is the greatest idea whatever you can't even have that thought on the opposite spectrum because you're now shutting yourself off to the possibility that even better ideas could have came mm -hmm. so what i'll do now is sit there set a timer one two minutes and i'll just like okay come up with the topic and that's one th way i'm actually starting to reverse engineer i'm starting to find my fan base so i'm like okay people who are gravitated towards me why are they gravitating towards me okay before i can even answer that question even before i can answer how do i get you know my streams up this why i need to answer the question who am i Mm -hmm. because once I find the commonalities in all of these, but I can't sit here and be like, okay, I'm a trans rapper. Cool. How many of those are out there? Mm -hmm. You know, what about this is sticking out? What about this is different than what anybody else has come up with, you know? And there was a Ted talk that I was watching and one powerful thing he uh, this person said was, um, we don't believe that we deserve to be the creators of an original idea mm -hmm. that like, you know, if we think of something cool that we automatically assume all somebody thought of it or, you know, if it was good enough, somebody would have already done it, not realizing that we have the capability of having those original thoughts. But we're so quick to close down, even in a you know quote unquote bad idea 
take 10 seconds back. Either you like it, you know, after 10 seconds, you really thought about it or you don't like it. Or there might be one good thing you can take out of that, throw away what you don't need. And that can start its own whole thought process on it. But convergent and divergent, they said it's like inhaling and exhaling at the same time. You cannot do them both at the same time. So if you want to sit brainstorm, you cannot make a decision on an idea and come up with ideas at the same time. So kind of like you, it definitely helps you expand and takes that outer body experience. Like, you know, cause at a certain point, just no judgment, delay all judgment, delay any judgment you have in yourself. Like this can be the goofiest idea, but wait a minute, this could have been something cool. And then now you've started something you never thought you can come up with, you know? Yeah. And, and you're, yeah, the, the process of creation is your, you have to be inside it and you can't just you know, meta analyze everything. Exactly. You're not going to. And I used to, to do that. <laughs> Overanalyze. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you're not making. <laughs> and, and the other interesting part is that like, whenever you, uh, for example, let's go back to that, uh, Caesar yes. story is that you can, you know, look at it just as the story itself and you exactly. can just like write your own way of telling that story that's exactly. that's the first step in there yeah. then you can zoom out and be like you know what led to this thing happening and sort of figuring out like what parts of the story are you know important that create the story exactly and then you can go even more and go what is this story saying what is the point of this thing is it you know your hubris will lead to your downfall is it like you know the your ambition will make other people envious whatever you know way you can even after death you're yeah. immortalized yeah. like you know sure, things like that i'm a more he's immortal he's a and more in 2022 we we're still talking about julius caesar right, he right. is an immortal being at that point you know <laughs> but whichever one of those exactly, you you decide to uh make the overarching theme yes that will trickle down into the smaller points of it to be like, okay, how can I, you know, in, in this line that I'm writing, how can I have that contribute to the idea of, you know, whether or not it is your hubris will lead to your downfall. You can say something about that, yeah. or this line will contribute to the idea that, you know, even in death, he's still immortalized. Absolutely. Right? And it, it talks a little bit on all those talking points and, you know, even perspective of others you know um and not even just him like in one one profound thought i had with it was you know like where did it happen like of course in the courts you know in a, a noble place and it was i also said in the people in the in the uh presence of the people he trusted the most and also in the presence of the people who hated him the most mm -hmm. so like it's just different perspectives i'm like this is kind of all the same scene mm -hmm. but it's just seeing it from a different angle that i would have never come up with if i didn't just sit down and just let my mind wander on anything i can kind of think about uh, you know, in that, you know, it can be vague or specific or, wow, this, you know, kind of tied it in a different way, you know, answering this question in a completely different way. Yeah. Um, when have you heard of Sleep No More? I have not. Um, so I think it's a like interpretation of a Shakespeare play or if it is a Shakespeare play, but um, it was this, uh, I guess, theater experience. Uh, theater happens on stage, right? Yes. So like everyone is in the audience and then we yes. all watch it and everything that we see is on purpose and like, yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Sleep No More was basically like in a building and all of the actors were doing their scenes as characters and then, you know, so like 
two characters have an argument and one actor, you know, goes into another room and storms off and maybe they might have like a soliloquy in there as they're, uh, oh. yeah. And so you as a member of the audience, uh, would be able to follow individual characters and follow this, throughout this yeah. Embedded story. Um, and I think they like, they run through it like, twice or three times or something and so on the second run you can decide to follow this character and see where they went and so uh that's pretty dope (laughs) what you said about like you know all the different perspectives Mm -hmm. of you know this story is that you can look at every single story from every single different perspective um and decide i guess who you want to follow (laughs) uh from that and yes and that's something that, you know, even if you are telling a story that has been told lots and lots of times, uh, yeah, you can look at Julius Caesar's story. You could tell the story from his point of view. You could tell the story from Brutus's point of view. Exactly. You could, and, exactly. and that might tell you something radically different. And exactly. so the big overarching theme that you might get might be really different if it is if you're looking at it from Brutus's point of view, then it's not your hubris will lead to your downfall. Maybe it's, uh, I have to, uh, do my duty for the state, even though it means betraying my best friend. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Like, and that's what I'm saying. My thing is like, I just want to be able to find those talking points and like really find a story like where, again, you always want to have elements of what people are familiar with Mm -hmm. to engage them in that sense. But also you have to keep their engagement. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to portray a story in a different light for someone. Mm -hmm. I'm like, huh. Because like when people are like, okay, Brian is talking about like, okay, how is this going to go? Whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I could even like in a sense in a whole different way. I could write a story. I'm Julius Caesar and I'm the biggest, but I can do a big triumphant Kanye West power type song. Mm -hmm. And I'm the king, blah, 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 blah. Nah, that's goofy. I mean, I mean, it's not goofy, but that's an idea. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's one of those like. I feel like that story's been told so many times, though, sure. like in on different ways, you know, um, like you said, you're hubris and, you know, there's just, you know, arrogance and know that I'm God and all this, you know, there's enough music out there like that. <laughs> you know, it's one of those shows like, yes, there are elements of like, yeah, I know I'm I, I'm a conqueror of the world, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, you know, it also asks, can one man really truly rule the world? Like, can like, is there a reason that a prophecy happened? Was he why was he killed at this time? Was he on the way to conquering the entire world? Mm-hmm. Did this stop? You know, there's just so many ways you can put like if you make up, you know, I would have never came to these ideas if I stopped at the first one or two ideas that I came up with the storyline, you know, because mm-hmm. like right how it's engaging a conversation right now. Cool. Now we're even asking even different questions, more perspectives. Cool. Now, and that, that convergent part. Now I just want to pull the best ideas, you know, the ones that I think are the best. Mm-hmm. And now I'm writing a song about it. So yeah. for sure. And then <laughs> <laughs> there's an even more zoomed out perspective, which is you're making music. Yes. <laughs> you're not making a film. Exactly. You're not making a painting. You're and not so, putting on a play. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so what is it about music specifically that makes the way that I'm telling this story different? <laughs> because I feel like music, it has dynamics. Like, the one thing, and I love it, I feel like every musician is an alchemist. We are literally bending frequencies to make somebody feel us. they like casting a spell, essentially, on you. So We're airbenders. Airbender. I'm literally an airbender, bro. Going back to the artist, right? No. Um, <laughs> but you're literally 
bending this just from the notes that you hit, just from how I composed, you know, the beat. Um, and when I made the beat, it, honestly, this was like first came the beat. Like I was just making noises that I love. I'm like, okay, what topic? I want to write about this. Cool. Um, and it kind of just combined and it works. Um, but you have dynamics. Like even you know, there's parts that I'm gonna be singing it where. I have to portray myself as this character mm -hmm. because I have to have this arrogance, this pompousness about me, this, you know, this is how, if I was Caesar, mm -hmm. how am I going to come off on it? Like, yeah, I'm going to wave by you as I go like, Hey, whatever. I'm not really going to make eye contact. I'm a, you know, um, you know, it's me. I'm King, you know, mm -hmm. um, that's not how I feel about it. No, I, you know, absolutely not. Like I can see the flaws in his thought process clearly. Mm -hmm. Um, but, um, you have to be able to put yourself in that shoe or those shoes. Mm -hmm. So it comes with acting though. Music, you, you, you know, because I literally act out how I'm singing on a track to be able to mm -hmm. evoke the emotion that I want to have recorded. If that makes sense. Like it, it's so much that people don't realize how many, how much of a thread you have to go back just to be able to build it up to what you hear. Like there's thoughts that unravel. So um, how I'm going to come across, you know, even like bridges and dynamics, you know, um, I think you're really going to enjoy it, bro. I really, I really think you're going to like it. Um, I'm this, uh, the buddy, I'm collabing with a buddy from the UK on that song too. So he's a very powerful vocalist. I'm like, just to get some, you know, cool extra musical elements to it. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be saying in the perception of that character. Yeah, yeah. So you're still taking on roles in a sense. You're, you're acting, but now it's just with vocals and yeah. tunes, you know? And and so whenever you you look at it from this zoomed out perspective, you can also go like, all right, what is something that music can do that other mediums can't? And so uh, obviously there is a Shakespeare play. We keep going back to Shakespeare. There's a Shakespeare <laughs> play called Julius Caesar, but uh, we don't have music for it. What would that sound like? And what would that sound like in, you know, coming through you as an artist, yeah. you as an artist, like making this you're making it way different than anyone else would absolutely but you can still see where the idea came from mm -hmm. the origin you can always see like the inception of the idea but exactly like the big bang like just so many things spawned out of nothingness mm -hmm. or like one thing created it all and it goes back to showing everything is everything you know it, it always ties back to everything everything um but yeah that that's that's what's exciting and that's like when i say like I want to start pushing the boundaries as a musician, you know, mm -hmm. going back to what I was talking about, like, this isn't like, you really don't hear music written like this, you know, and these, you know, point of views. And again, I'm not making anything that sounds normal, but it's still like that. I'm going out of a realm of it's never existed, which is good. But at the same time, how does it go over? But at the same time, it doesn't matter because it's my truth. It goes back to, you know, those, those questions that you have mm -hmm. as an artist every time I do drop a song, but you know, I had the same, you know, stressor when I dropped Hatsburg lip, I'm like, I love this and it is so awesome X, Y, and Z, but is it going to be received? I'm like, I'm being truthful to what I'm doing. I have to keep, I always ask myself that I'm like, is it going to be well received? I'm like, it doesn't matter because it's my truth mm -hmm. and how I hear this is how I want to do it. And I got a number one, you know, it's, I've got a number one, uh, placement on a chart, um, a, an alternative chart. Um, I got that through that song, you know? So, um, clearly it worked out for me and it's still doing well. Like it, people absolutely love that song. Um, but at the same time, it's always nerve wracking whenever, especially when I'm like, I'm trying something different for the first time. Mm -hmm. How is it going to be received? Mm -hmm. um, but I think that's every artist in a sense. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and that's the we're making something where we're telling stories. And, and the again, the the way that our different skills as individuals might play into that is what, you know makes every single thing unique um 
and you know leaning into those things that make you unique and it's like oh i i have this sound i know i'm good at this sound i'm going to lean into this rather than like try and you know recreate something because exactly. uh yeah your cover of Hapsword lip is distinctly you yes. rather than just like if you wanted to just make the same yeah, song like, literally i could just copy and paste what i'm you know they're doing it what's the point of that yeah. you know exactly <laughs> exactly and and so and that's like sort of the point of doing covers i think at this point anyone who does a cover that sounds exactly like the original is just it's like wasting time yeah, i guess exactly <laughs> i don't get it I think it's harder to try to sound like someone than just doing my own. Mm -hmm. Like, cause I have a few covers that I've been sitting on and I just, you know, kind of had that breakthrough is like, you know, I'm not, not, it's not coming out how I want it to sound. It's not sounding in my head. And every time I realize it's like, it's because I'm trying to sound like the artist singing it, as mm -hmm. opposed to just letting whatever comes out of me naturally mm -hmm. take over. I'm always trying to think that it has to sound. So again, it's mm -hmm. definitely those things. So absolutely. Um, it, it, most people are just like, I'm like, I'm not impressed. Like I would rather hear some crazy obscure freaking, you know, um, distinct different house, deep techno Ukrainian, you know, EDM beat. That's an original than someone just, you know, doing the same cover of, you know, a Whitney Houston song and doing all the same stuff. Like we've heard it done before. We've already heard this before. What's so different about this, you know? Yeah. Uh, this makes me just think about like, I think the, the big genre of the future. I mean, like we, we have sort of the, the rises and falls of, of different genres uh, over the years. And I mean, trap has had its heyday and I think it's, it's starting to it's wane not a downward because everyone, it's over. everyone it's, it's did not, it. It's not, a, it's not a timeless sound. Uh, I think hyper pop is the next wave. Absolutely. Our pop <laughs> hyper pop. Yes. Yes, I do, dude. Yes. The heavy sense, those, the, mm -hmm. because there was an erythral, erythral uh, sounds and noises, it's higher frequencies. So people are gravitating 80s. I think 80s is the greatest genre of music, honestly, mm -hmm. how they musically did it. Even, you know, you can hear the difference between early 80s to late 80s music, you know, it, but it's all, you know, um, I think it's universal. 80s is my absolute favorite genre. I don't know. If there's like one, but 80s era, I would say era, my favorite era of music because they were they didn't they, they they didn't have those you know they were able to just be free they were i feel more creative mm -hmm. where you know talent trumped you know popularity mm -hmm. like you had to be good at what you did because you had you know not only just you know um great songs that are dropping you have you know artists you know to think about your great 80s artists you know uh you have whitney houston you have new edition phil collins sting you know you have you know you have all these mega uh the police genesis like these mega superstars that are still relevant today mm -hmm. that are still making money billy joel like the best singers the best you know collective groups the best you know they came from that era of music. Um, and I really feel like that's where the evolution of like everything kind of up to this day, it really started with 80s music. Well, uh, one, I think it's technology that, you know, people didn't have synthesizers and like, you know, the, the kinds of sounds that were coming out of the 80s were like groundbreaking because nobody had heard that before. Exactly. It, we were finally able to get synthesis in a, you know, easily accessible package uh synthesizers existed all the way in like the 1930s or 40s like that um, internet's but, been around since like before vietnam like it was just yeah. for the military like this like yeah like technology's been around for a while it's not accessible like you said yeah and and you know synthesizers used to just like take up mm -hmm. just the entire room like in a, yeah. just wall space um and but by the 80s it was like hey look you can 
buy like Yamaha makes this or like, you know, whatever company is like, yeah, you can get this yeah, nice, nice cool synth <laughs> and, and people are making new sounds. And then, uh, it's coming back or it has come back. I mean, uh, the weekend's most recent album is yeah. just like an eighties. That's what I record. hear. I hear eighties. <laughs> I hear that place in the eighties. Absolutely. Um, but again, still more of that commercial, modern which worked mm -hmm. which worked for the time but i don't feel like the weekend is a timeless artist i don't see us listening to unless he's still relevant in his career in 20 years i don't see him being feel I, I don't see it well the difference is, is that like he is taking stuff that people already love and is doing it Michael Jackson, Bruno, like I can hear a few inspirations from, and he's good at what he does. But like you said, he is not the originator um, of that sound. So he's not going to be, you know, the one that carries that torch, essentially. It's always going to go back to Michael Jackson in that sense, you know, um, because you, even him and Prince, you know, you can kind of hear that with that gothic darker sound and i think if we can lean more into that gothic sound of his then it could be more universal he he reminds me of vampire like all his sound reminds me of like old-timey vampire stuff which is pretty freaking dope but i felt like if he leaned into that more as opposed to trying to recreate what we've already heard in michael jackson um he could be onto something to be honest something that you said earlier really stuck out to me about um i think you're quoting a ted talk is that like you know we're not the originators yes but the fact of the matter is that like it doesn't matter that I feel like and I do this to myself a whole lot and and you know the artistic process is yeah. sometimes you'll stumble upon something a sound yeah, or a yes, chord progression or something and you're like I feel like I've heard this before right you, you ever make All something time, that you're bro. like like I, this has been done before I feel right? like I have to like look something up because this is too familiar to yes. me and yes. and the songs that I've written that have been the most familiar mm -hmm. have been the ones that like come out trace. of me the easiest. Uh, Were you able to trace an origin back to the inspiration uh, or is it just like, no, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This, it and, just did. But that's the thing is yes. that like, whether or not this is or isn't an original idea or whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Just pursue it. Let it come out of you, whether it is yours or not. Yes. Let it come out of you. Oh, for sure. But there is a difference between doing that and trying to emulate someone specifically. Like, but yeah, the difference is that like whenever a song like hits you and you're just like, yes. you know, just letting it come out of you. Yes. That's that's one thing that's just allowing the inspiration Absolutely. to hit you versus it's like, oh, I hear this song. I want to make that song. But mine. mine. Yeah, that's. That's a very different thing because yes. you're looking at a template and you're yes. following it yes. as opposed to like this melody came to me or these words came to me. And it, it is a, a weird, almost magical thing. And it's a funny thing because like I'm I'm not like a magical thinker at all in, in the, you know, the contemporary Christian sense, I guess. And mm -hmm. <laughs> in, in that like you know, spirit or whatever. Like, yeah. uh, I do take more of like a scientific approach to like spirit and energy and all yes. that sort of stuff. But the, the fact of the matter still holds that like when a song just comes to you, just, whatever it is, and it doesn't matter if it's like, Oh, if it's God or if it's, you know, the universe or whatever, it's like, don't, I'm just capturing the frequencies yeah, I was meant to hear. Don't worry about it. Just like let it come out of yes. you 
follow it and just keep going. Yes. And I think that's something that uh, whether or not it already exists or not, don't worry about it. Yes. Like, like you said, it's like, we're not the originators of new ideas, but like, cause, cause we know that something led There's to inspiration that. Yeah, to something, yeah. something because something else. Yes. But it doesn't matter. And, and I think that kind of going back to like the weekend, for example, is that like, there is very much a, oh, there's this sound that I want to go for. I want to do that. And then like, you know, write songs in that space. Yes. And so yes. I think, yeah, his most recent album is a banger because it has that exactly. sound. Exactly. Um, but it's not original feeling yet. <laughs> it's the, that's what, it's not the it's the feeling that's not a because we have felt these feelings before i think mm-hmm. is what you're getting at honestly i feel like uh the hills is a more original song yes. because it, it doesn't sound like anything else that i know of that like it does sound like him and that is something that every right. artist every artist should do is that like instead of trying to sound like something or trying to, yeah, and, and, you know, I, I do this all the time too. Well, it's easier but, said than that. Cause it's always like a crutch. Like, okay, let me go back to my safety a little bit. Like, <gasps> let me go back to the shallow end. Cause I'm out there deep, you know, just, mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's out here for sure. Like, absolutely. But then there's the other way around, which is like, um, another song that I wrote, I was like, this is coming out as a grunge song. Uh, all right. I guess it's a grunge song. Let me just, allow it to be as opposed to trying to make it a genre like we talked about let it be fluid mm-hmm. and whatever's supposed to be made is going to come with it and it's gonna that, that's that's dope yeah and and so like the sound of it came out of like realizing that oh this is the genre that it will sit in i guess but it's not like oh to i'm trying to write a nirvana song exactly and it's so hard to be like because i'm like i want the going back to that you're right instead of trying to make a specific sound because you already have your influences. You're already influenced by whoever you're influenced by. Mm-hmm. So that sound is already going to be naturally in you. And if it's already supposed to be there, if you just, like you said, freely do it, it's already going to be heard. You know, that element. Like, it's hard for artists to be like, I don't, I sound like me, but other people are, I can hear your inspiration here, inspiration there. I've been, you know, I'm part of, you know, this composition group on Facebook where we, you know, we give, you know, critical feedback to, you know, other artists, you know, things that we like to get. And I've heard, you know, country ska band, like, like I could like, was like, I can hear your, it's like, you're not necessarily trying to make this sound, but I can hear your ska. I can hear the rockability. I can hear what you listen to and where your sound came from. And it's pretty dope. Like, like who are the parents, the grandparents of this song, you know, there's generations before. Yeah. That's something I actually started doing recently is that, um, kind of over, you know, December into January, uh, you know, new year type feeling. It's like, Hey, let me go back to like the stuff that I really liked when I was younger. And so I started listening to, uh, like I went back and listened to like taking back Sunday and death guy for cutie. And like this, the bands that I like really loved whenever I was like a teenager and I was going like, Whoa, that like, I, I stole that or like, this is, very much in my stuff now yes. and and by going back and like listening to the stuff that i 
was inspired by a long time ago, I'm realizing like, oh, this is where I got that. That's Not necessarily so. that I consciously stole these things, but it's more of like, oh, that's where that came what from. What stuck with you the most uh, and like just became part of your essence, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, that's dope. And so it was like, oh, like uh, Death Cat for Cuties specifically, it's like, oh, that like specific storytelling thing is very like I do that a lot. And that came from like almost directly from like Ben Gibbard and, and Death Cab. And it's like, oh. That's where that came from. That's or or this this other sound or like, you know, guitar melody type things like came from uh, brand new or something. And so yeah. like all that sort of stuff is like going back and listening to. I can hear where this element me. of, yeah, of my music. I can hear yeah, where those. Yeah. Ele- That's really cool. And so it's like tracing your genealogy, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. If you ever, like, <laughs> I'm going to do that. That's a good exercise yeah. to do. Like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. Cause, cause it is surprising what sort of things stuck and you don't realize it. Yeah. And, and even like, you know, there might be like little melodic things or just like a guitar thing that comes out and you're like, Whoa. Because like, it sounds like you've heard in your head for years. Like that's where I heard it. And yeah, you forget. Yeah. Dude, that's a that's great. I'm gonna do that. That's a great exercise, man. Man, that's awesome. <laughs> um, but but then even even in things that like don't even sound like you. For example, one of my biggest inspirations growing up was like System of a Down, and none of my mean, stuff, bro. That's me. None that's- of my stuff sounds like System of a Down per se. But like, oh, this is the start of my radicalization, camera. Like, yeah, absolutely, like. <laughs> I love deep screamo music like this. I'm like, I have those, but I mean, I, I listened to six, nine, little, not, like that's more recently, but like, I love listening to all different sounds of music. I want to listen to the quote unquote best artists of these new genres mm-hmm. to hear, but you can hear the screamo element. Like people forget about Limp Bizkit, like rap, mm-hmm. rock, rock rap was not just originated now. They did it first. Think about Kid Rock back in the day, mm-hmm. uh, even kind of Marilyn Manson a little bit. He kind of had that element, but he also pulled more of that eighties vibe mm-hmm. into it. So like, yeah, people need to learn about their history in a sense, even music history. Yeah, yeah, because, uh, I mean, Lincoln Park was my favorite band. Like, Lincoln Park, absolutely. School, like, That's the only. He, Chester Bennington was the only artist or celebrity I actually cried when he like you felt the world. Like I feel like you felt that. There's some videos showing like Lincoln Park was just playing their songs and just had a microphone of like uh, for Chester and um, the audience was just singing. Like audience, so they weren't even singing. The audience was just singing his part for him, man. It was it was deep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, last thoughts, I guess. Uh, what's something that you've been listening to or watching or playing that you want other people to know about? See, my I, I have I'm really bad. Like I'm such a music snob. I feel that like <laughs> I have particular playlists that I listen. Um, I will go back and listen. Honestly, Kanye's Donda album his recent album has probably been the most recent album that has like just moved me inspired Mm me um so just his flow because that shows you it doesn't matter if you're already the top of your craft and this album he sounds like he has worked on his singing his flow he is still improving Mm -hmm. he did something completely didn't like it or not that's subjective i don't care but like the fact that this artist has been around for 20 plus years and he is still evolving his sound and still growing that in itself is impressive um even the collabs he had a hella collabs on that uh, album and like even those collabs stepped their game up like some of those artists i'm like i didn't 
even care for you that much, but like you brought your A game to this album. You need to bring that to every other song you do, like Lil Durk, Lil Baby, uh, all these uh, all these people. Um, like this is the best I've ever heard you deliver because you had Kanye as an inspiration right here. Mm-hmm. So um, Donda album, just you know, percussions on there. I've been getting deep into percussions and like just changing up um, different you know uh, drum lines and stuff. Uh, yeah. Watching, I mean, Dexter, New Blood, that 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 was disappointing again. Um, just finished, <laughs> bro. I'm so mad. I waited. I was that. I'm a huge Dexter fan, and that season didn't even happen. I'm I'm okay to just like delete that. That upset that that had me for a few months. That just ended. Ozark is back on right now, so we excited to get that going. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of shows going on. The Good Place. I don't know if you ever watched that on Netflix. Yeah. I think it's a it's a funny show, but it has a cute premise. Like I I, I like the the premise it, of. Like- keeps going how far in are you we're like almost all almost done like we have like one okay. or two episodes left so okay. yeah most of the yeah, show yeah it's like it's like oh it's funny and then it just like keeps going and, keeps and like going you're like okay what are they gonna do with the storyline like yeah. oh and then like so i appreciate that you don't expect anything so that's very original in its thought but like even how humans are capable of change and like the like the deep undertones of the show it's a pretty dope show like it's, it's funny as hell too so it keeps your intention yeah. but like even like chitty and his philosophical questions and his dilemmas in life um yeah. started making me think started asking questions about yeah. philosophy again and all tied back into this for sure yeah <laughs> yeah uh the good place is basically like an associate's degree in philosophy there you go <laughs> yeah. absolutely absolutely like just a little you know cram pack but it makes you start questioning stuff mm. for sure <laughs> <laughs> well Thank you so much for doing this with me. I appreciate you, man. This has been fun, for real, for real. Like, I appreciate you uh, having me in here, dude. Yeah. One more time. Let people know uh, where they can find your things. All right. Uh, ZanTheArtist.com. X-A-N, The Artist. All one word. Uh, all social media is quite simple. Zan The Artist. Uh, appreciate you guys for listening to me today. Yeah, of course. And now here's Euphoric by Zan The Artist. Shots are taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even forest. This is your moment, I know you know it. I know you, I know you. This is your forest. So many shots are taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even forest. This is your moment, I know you know it. I know you, I know you. Bitch, you be rolling. Filling the parking ain't gonna slip, just keep it going. She on my jack cause I'm on top, she bust it open I guess my money lends it low and she gon' blow it You know, you know it, you know it Zan Zan, I'm the damn man Her head fire like Bam Bam Off the top like Van Dam Then she lands in a handstand Hey fans, what I can't stand Big talk, you in a trans am Not a fan, you a stand fam String out our pressure this like Amber so many shots I'm taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even forest. This is your moment, I know you know it. I know you, I know you. This is your forest. So many shots I'm taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even forest. This is your moment, I know you know it. I know you, I know you. I got the juice. Confidence through the roof, got nothing to prove, nah. Big bands, LSU, to my own. And I see what I do, staring at a unicorn. I make 
ways when I move. Make a parade when I move. Put in 10,000 hours just to get this much power. Now I done paid all my dues. After hours, it's hours. Rolling sweet, smoking sour. To this day, I'm wildin'. From this day, we wildin'. So many shots we're taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even pour it. This is your moment. I know you know it. I know you, I know you, this is your fork. So many shots we taking, I can't even focus. Losing my concentration, I can't even pour it. This is your moment. I know you know it. I know you, I know you, this is your fork. You can find everything that I do on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. I make music and produce audio. The music you're hearing now is music I make. You can listen to official releases by Santiago Ramones on Spotify, Apple Music, and the other streaming places. Or you can buy it on Bandcamp because a single purchase is the monetary equivalent of streaming it all day, every day, for about a week. I'm working on an album, so if you'd like to hear that at some point, you can buy my music, or you can support me on Patreon. There's a Discord server in which we discuss deep topics from the podcast, but it's also a community of beautiful human beings. All the links to all my things are on my website, SantiagoRamones.com. If you like the podcast, leave comments on social media, leave reviews saying how much you like the podcast, and tell your friends about it. I want to help the world have deeper conversations. So thank you for listening to and supporting BitDeck. Yeah, uh, I always end the podcast with my three things. They shape my life philosophy. Those three things are love never fails, it's going to be okay, and might be wrong.